the Pac-12 is wide open, and there are four teams that can win it, and they all control their own destiny. What a time to be alive. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pack 12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions, which is why, if you haven't already, please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I so appreciate all of you out there who have done so already. If you're watching, you notice. Probably this is not my usual setup. I'm at my parents' place up in Edmonds, Washington. You also may hear that I uh, don't have all my usual equipment. It was a hectic 36-hour stretch. I was at a wedding reception Saturday afternoon waiting to see if the Mariners would win. If they did, then I had a ticket to the game on Sunday in Seattle. And then I get to the airport and I'm waiting to see, am I getting on the flight or am I going back to the hotel? And then the game just kept going and going. 18 innings. It ended while I was in the air. Thankfully, the Wi-Fi was just good enough, courtesy of Alaska Airlines, so that I was able to watch and uh, listen to it. It was kind of cutting in and out and whatnot. But So I ended up staying up here for the day, seeing my parents and my brother and friend of ours. But I'm just up here for this particular show. I'll be back in my usual setup tomorrow. That's all out of the way. What a weekend. What a weekend of college football. And the Pac-12 was shining bright. In a weekend that saw Tennessee and Neyland Stadium lose their absolute bleeping minds, rush the field, tear a goalpost down, and go send it out to a river somewhere, the Tennessee River, I think. I don't know. That was absolutely crazy. Where Oklahoma State was beating TCU for most of the game, and then the Horned Frogs came back in Fort Worth and got a win in overtime with a walk-off touchdown. The Pac-12 was not hidden amongst all of those storylines. In what was hyped as the best college football weekend of the year, and it delivered as such, one of the best games was in the Pac-12. And people were paying attention, and it was awesome. It was an awesome game. Maybe not as much so if you're a USC fan. I understand that. You always want your team to win. But right off the top, let me give you some optimism. USC can still accomplish all of its goals. All of its biggest hopes and aspirations this year are still within reach for the Trojans. They are right there. Do they need a little help to get to the college football playoff now? Yeah, they do. They could still get there. It is not out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. Tennessee pulls a big upset win. Are they going to be able to carry that week to week? Are they going to really go undefeated and fully arrive as a college football program? I don't know. Alabama's already got one loss. They still have to play Georgia. Clemson plays undefeated Syracuse this week. The Orange are playing some nice football. You never know what's going to happen. The season may be already over halfway done, but there's a long way to go. And a one-loss conference champion, if you're USC with a win over UCLA and then either 
I don't know, in Oregon or a revenge against Utah might be the best case scenario because of how this game played out and how crazy and wild and amazing it was. Yeah, USC can still get into the playoff. How about the Utes? Did they make a statement or what? That game saved their season. And Kyle Whittingham may well have done it with one play call. And that was going for two. If they don't go for two, maybe they don't win that game. If they don't get that two-point conversion, they definitely don't win that game, barring a miracle onside kick, which, to be fair, it was a crazy night. Maybe that could have happened. I don't know. But we don't have to know because Kyle Whittingham rolled the dice, and he was playing craps, looking for snake eyes, and he saw those two ones come up, and everybody around the table in the Ocean's 13 scene where they're doing a reverse big store on, on Willie Banks Casino it happened. The magic was there. And how about Utah winning this game in a way that showed they're a better offense even than you think? I love their offense coming into the air. They have Cam Rising. They have Tavion Thomas. They've got a couple good tight ends. They now don't have Brent Keithy for the rest of the year. But the important thing about this game for Utah is they showed you against a USC defense that had been playing with more and more confidence, had been playing better week over week, had a strong showing a week ago and was not solely relying on turnovers against Washington State, an offense that continues to struggle on a weekly basis. Utah went up against that defense and put up 43 points. They even fumbled in the red zone. USC did it again. I have never seen a team, literally, I have never seen a team for so many turnovers inside the 10-yard line. It's astonishing how USC does this on a week-to-week basis. But still with that hold, still with that steel curtain at times, there were some Swiss cheese elements to that, or there were some Swiss cheese elements to that USC defense. And Utah deserves a lot of credit because they've been playing well. They've been playing with confidence. He was out slinging the ball left, right, and center. Dalton Kincaid, I think, just had another reception. He had 16 for 234 and a touchdown in this one. Absolutely incredible performance. Absolutely incredible football game. And USC fans, I I already know they are upset about the officiating. It wasn't great. I dare you to find me a week, find me a game where the fans in this beloved conference that we have look at what happens on the field from the zebras on the back, the side, the front, wherever, and say, they did an awesome job. I didn't like the roughing the passer call. I understand why it was called. I do. He's about a step away. They'd like to see him let up. It wasn't a big hit. It's by the letter of the law. To me, it looks like a wrestler. However, I don't want to see that flag thrown very often. And Utah, to their credit, capitalized. And is that frustrating for USC fans? Not going to try and argue with you about that one. And there were a bunch of calls throughout the course of the game. The refs also added five seconds on the clock to give USC a chance late. I don't even know what that was, okay? But we've just come to expect that. If you're USC, you can't go back to the well of, well, the officials did this, the officials did that. USC needs to look at is, number one, the goals, as I earlier, are still within reach. Their own destiny to get to the Pac-12 championship game. Unless UCLA loses just once, no. Because if they lose, if they beat UCLA, 
I it's it's all confusing because you got four teams there, and I haven't thought it like all the way through and gone through every single scenario. Might have to do that at some point this week here on the show. But U.S. can still get to the Pac-12 championship game pretty easily because Utah, remember, has a Pac-12 loss. So if they lose another one, then USC is above them if they win out. And then UCLA is sitting there. And the thing that USC can't control is whatever Oregon does. But those four teams can all win the Pac-12 championship, and they all more or less control their own destiny for doing so. USC can still win the conference, get to a Rose Bowl or a New six game heck they could get there without words if there's a scenario which if it were utah and oregon because usc doesn't play oregon in the regular season be 11-1 going to a new year's six bowl have a chance to win 12 games in year one with lincoln riley yeah i think they'd probably take that after winning four in 2021 now i know a lot of fans are going to have higher expectations they want to get those trophies that are conference and college football playoff oriented but that would be a pretty darn good season if you're USC. All that stuff is still within reach. So you can choose to focus on the officials and look at it and say, they were terrible, they were this, and they cost us this, that, and the other thing. Okay, they weren't very good. What else is new in the Pac-12? Literally nothing. But USC has things they still need to clean up if they're going to reach those goals, which are still within striking distance. And if your goal is home security, the place that you want to go is sim. Numbers do not lie. Over 4 million people have chosen to protect their homes with Simply Safe, and you should as well. They have a ton of professional grade services that will help keep your home safe. 24 7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home, or even if you can't be reached. They're monitoring experts to use proprietary advanced response ART to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at Simply Safe. Locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. Get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. you got to be able to look for it. I know it's tough. We've all been there. Just feel like the officials didn't do their jobs very well. And I, I listened to a, a, a football podcast hosted by a former NFL scout, John Middlecoff. He's really, really good. I, I'm, I'm a fan. And he has this great line. There are only two jobs where you're allowed to be incompetent regularly and continue to succeed and not be fired. Politicians, referees. It's the way it is. I look at these umpire scorecards all season long in Major League Baseball. They're not very good. But you know what? The best teams still seem to be making it to the playoffs. The Astros, much to my chagrin, are in the ALCS because they have the best teams. And if USC is the team that we think they're capable of, you're going to be able to overcome something like this. If you truly feel, and I think it's more amongst the fans than the players because they understand that what happened on the field is what they, it's, it still has a lot of things that they're that they need to fix and get better at. And then you're going to be able, if USC is that good and championship caliber team to overcome it. And I think they're going to be in a great position to do so. It's probably going to come down to that game at UCLA in the Rose Bowl later this year. 
What a stage that will be. Speaking of a big stage in UCLA, game day in Eugene this weekend for number nine UCLA and number 10 Oregon, a Pac-12 top 10 showdown. You talk about the conference putting itself on the map this season when coming into it. The national landscape from a media perspective was not very high, and understandably so. League hasn't won a bowl game in the last couple of years. number of teams, I think, could change that depending on the matchup that that they have when bowl season rolls around. But right now, you've got Utah in the top 15. You've got USC, pretty sure they're top 15. USC is number 12. You've got Oregon at 10, UCLA at 9. They're battling to stay undefeated Pac-12 play and be the only Pac-12 team in uh, the country and continue to further cement themselves as one of the teams they'll end up in Vegas later this year in December for the Pac-12 championship game. So I, I think that that was an awesome scene for so many reasons in Salt Lake City. What a great look for, for the Pac-12. And at a time where that's an increasingly fleeting description for our beloved Conference of Champions, got to be able to enjoy it. And that was a heck of a football game that was a heck game cam rising kyle whittingham dalton kincaid those guys came up big time big big time for the use their defense which i was praiseworthy of last week yeah not so much because they can't get any semblance of pressure caleb williams had an eternity to throw the football and yes the usc offensive line is pretty good they're not that good that looked like an fcs team rushing after an FBS quarterback with players up front. I mean, I have never seen a Utah front seven fail to win their assignments or one-on-ones as much as the Utes have, and the offense was able to overcome it. If they get that defense righted, it's still a Pac-12 championship caliber team. Utah saved their season. Pac-12 championship hopes alive. Getting back to the Rose Bowl, ultimately winning, very much in play. Even with two losses on the record, that's the best two team in the country the rankings reflect common sense does as well so much to get to this week that was an awesome weekend of college football ah gosh college football is the greatest absolute so let's get to our winners and losers from the weekend as usual here on our monday edition of the show post college football saturday this is a record this is the first time ever that I've had four teams. Count them. One, two, three, four. This little piggy, and that's for toes. Never mind. Four teams, outright winners this week, where the fans should be celebrating. It is something to be excited about. You had something that should give you good vibes all the way through to like Tuesday or maybe even till Wednesday till you really start to look at, at what's coming for your team this week, right? You can be a winner, lean win, no opinion, lean lose, and then the losers of the week. There's just one loser this week. Pretty good weekend in the Pac-12. Well, two losers if you count the Pac-12 prime picks. I gotta, I gotta figure that out. That's it's that that did not that did not go the way that's uh, that it was supposed to. Danny Cannell and I were uh, aligned, CBS college football analyst, and yeah, we uh, we whiffed on those picks, but we'll get back. Um, I hope. Running out of weeks because the season is flying by. Winners of the weekend, Utah. Of course, they're the biggest winner. Because if you lose that game, Utah feels like a completely different team. They feel now like the Utah we expected this year. They feel like the Utes who are college football playoff and Pac-12 championship caliber. And they can't get into the playoff now because of their two losses. That is rightfully earned in a negative sense of sorts. 
but they can still win this conference. They don't just have a schedule that allows that from a controlling your own destiny standpoint to get there. You get in with one loss, but they have the team that can do that. And you win a game like that, you win a game like that, in that way. Not a typical Utah game from what we've seen over the last couple of seasons. I think it instills a lot of confidence into that locker room. And Utah, easily the, uh, the biggest winner. Plus, they've got Washington State on the road. Tough game. Tough game up in Pullman for a Cougs team that's come down in some tough times. Gets them a little later. They're going to be playing extremely motivated uh, up there in, in Pullman. Then they have Arizona. Then they have Stanford. And then they get to play Oregon. What a game that could be at Austin, depending on how it goes in Eugene this Saturday for the Ducks. Uh, the next biggest winner of the weekend. I'm not saying this rhetorically. I'm saying this with 100% sincerity. Colorado won a football game. Thank they didn't go 0-12. No fan base should ever have to endure that. When I was looking at their schedule before the year, I thought, Kind of the only chances I see for victories. Well, guess what? Cal got it done. They pulled McCown. They put JT Shroud back in. No one knows what they're doing. Is this a good football team? It's reflective of how I felt about Cal all year. Don't let the record fool you. It's still not a very good team. And I'll get to Cal very briefly to, to wrap up today's show. But thank goodness Colorado did not lose this game. Because they were right in it. And they found a way to get what it looks like. Does not matter. They cover a spread first time this year, win a game. And yes, Buffs fans, that is worth celebrating. It is worth celebrating because you might not have another one this year. But you know how Arizona felt a year ago? You know how the Wildcats fandom felt when they finally got that win against <clears throat> Cal? They were happy. They were going berserk because it says something about the culture that's there and the fact that people still care. And a lot more people are at that. You would typically think for an 0-5 football team hosting a middling Cal Bears program. But they were there. They got to enjoy it. They're excited about it. You should continue to enjoy it. Might be the only time it happens this year because Colorado's still not very good. But the Buffs and undisputed Big time winner in week seven. Yeah, week seven and week four or five, something of conference. But I don't know. It's all blurring together. I can't, uh, I can't wait for everything. But I don't want them to come too fast because then that means the season's going by really fast. I know. It's weird, weird, weird in between. What about Stanford? I didn't think they had a chance in this game. I thought Notre Dame was starting to figure it out, but they have regressed back to being the team that lost to Marshall at home. Now, I think this is more reflection on Notre Dame than the fact that this game was won. The Cardinal were not remarkably impressive. Their defense played better, but that Notre Dame offense is just dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But you know what this did? David Shaw, a lot of time. And they're now favorites at home this week against Arizona State. You win that game, if you're David Shaw, you're buying yourself a lot of leeway. Because Stanford, they don't have the highest expectations in the world. If you can get around 500, which is what I thought they'd be coming into this year by the time the season came to a close and they can you know win. yeah that's going to be good enough for them and right now they're sitting at two and four if you beat arizona state this week a program that is in disarray has got an interim head coach 
You go to three and four, and you're a miracle play away from being a team that's over 500. That's buying a lot of time. They were going like this, and look, I'm not that impressed with the I, – I'm impressed that the Stanford defense showed up and traveled and that the guys played hard and found a way. Am I impressed with the team overall? Eh, no, not really. But I thought they would lose. I thought they would lose big, and our friends at Bet Online had it as a 17-point spread. Nevertheless, Stanford decided to just win outright anyway, and Bet Online continues to be – for this weekend and beyond, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, my personal favorite, golf, and Major League Baseball. Go Mariners. I am so proud of my beloved Mariners. I know... I wanted them to win. I wanted to go to the game on Sunday. We ended up playing golf instead, which is still fun, but I would have liked to have seen it. But alas, the drought is over, and that's what matters. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so let's keep going with our, uh, our winners and losers here from the most recent week in college football. Why don't we just call it that? The most recent week. Six, seven, the NFL and college football are off by one and yada, yada, yada. We all know what I'm talking about here. How about Oregon State? And yes, this is not a lean win. I thought about it. I thought about this being in the lean win department, but I put Oregon State in the outright winners category. Here's why. This felt like one and a half to two wins for Oregon State, beating Washington State at home, a good Cougars defense that kept the Oregon State offense in check, but they did just enough. And how about that Oregon State defense? That secondary, probably the best in the Pac-12. I don't think you could find another team that's got a better one. Oregon's is not. USC has just got torched by Utah. Oregon State did a better job of, of keeping in check. It's at least comparable. But, I mean, those guys are well-coached. They play hard. And Trent Bray making one heck of an impression as a first-year defensive coordinator. A guy who wasn't hired from the outside, by the way. He was promoted from within. They felt like he was the right guy to take over that role for Tim Tibisart. Yet yeah, that has been a home-run move for Jonathan Smith and company. And they're sitting right now at 5-2. Five 5-2. And, and, and beating Washington State, by the way, has not been easy for Oregon State over the last few years. The Cougars have been a thorn in the Beavers' side. And in a mascot matchup, Cougar up here, Beaver way down here. That's the way it's played out on the football field. And yet, Oregon State at home in front of Research Stadium fans that just show up, make noise, and love their Beavers. You have to respect it. The way they've, they've continued to support them this year and the way that they're encouraging this team. They play so much better at home than they do on the road. It's really, really impressive. And the fans are certainly a big part of that. But the team is also pretty darn impressive. And that win against Stanford, you're four and three going into this game. Or if you if you even get this win, here's the thing. Oregon State was this close. I mean, they were on the precipice of losing to a pretty bad Stanford team and being 0-3 in conference play. Instead, they pull a rabbit out of the hat, a beaver out of the hat, if you will. And they carried that momentum into this game against Washington State. If they lose to Stanford last week, 
do they win this game against the Cougars? I don't know if they're as motivated. I don't know what the vibe in that locker room would be. Thankfully for Oregon State fans, we don't have to guess. We don't have to know because he got it done. And now you're sitting at 5-2. and two. Colorado's coming into town this week. Big home favorites. 24 points is the opening line at the moment. You could be 6-2 and two going into a showdown with Washington in Seattle on, I believe it's November 4th, a Friday night game after the bye. Before this season started, if you told that to any Oregon State fan, they would not have asked which teams they had beaten or which teams they had lost to. They would have said, sign us up. There is a great chance, and I'm confident that Oregon State will be 6-2 and two after this Saturday. And it's because they got this win against Washington State, and they carried over that magic, that spark, that energy from their road win against Stanford, found a way to get it done. Sometimes that's what you have to do, is win a game that you shouldn't. Alabama should not have beaten Auburn last year. They did. They played in the national championship game. But if they don't beat Auburn, they're not there. But they found a way. Sometimes you just have to make it work, and it's not always going to be pretty. And it wasn't last week on the farm, but this was a great defense showing from the Beavs. They're one of four winners this week. Utah, Colorado, Stanford, Oregon State. Lean win this week. The Arizona Wildcats. Wait, what about the Spencer, what are you talking about? Arizona loss. How could they be in the lean win category? Yeah, this is a, a label and assessment segment that I do here on the show. I guess it's a full, full, full bloated show, but it is not always dependent upon whether you just win or lose. How do you look? How do you perform? In Arizona, I understand they lost, but here's the upside for the Wildcats. Number one, you were on the road in a ruckus Husky Stadium where the defense had played well this year, but you put up a lot of points. You put up 39 points, to be exact. So the offense that has been the foundation for jump-starting this rebuild traveled, not just to any road environment. It wasn't a half-empty folder field. Sorry, I forgot the name of Colorado Stadium. I'm going to look it up right now. But it wasn't a half-empty stadium. Um, Why am I not? I know it starts with an S. Folsom. Sorry, Folsom. It was not a half-empty Folsom field with Colorado at 0-6 or 1-7 or something like that. It was not a half-empty Cal Berkeley Stadium or the Rose Bowl with UCLA. No, you went into Husky Stadium against a defense that I thought would bounce back. I was wrong because they could not stop Arizona. And you say, well, you know, the defense allowed 49 points. Yeah, the defense is not going to get there this year. Give him a year or two to build that up. You got to give Johnny Nansen a chance because he doesn't have a chance right now. He just doesn't have the bodies on that side of the ball. But your offense traveled to Washington, a good team, put up 39 points. Yeah, that's a good showing from Arizona. And most importantly, they showed a lot of fight. They were down 18 points going into the fourth quarter, came back and made it a game. Defense couldn't get stops, but we kind of thought that's what it would be like going in. Washington, I thought they'd put up around half a hundred. They did. But they allowed 39, so they didn't get the cover that I was uh, hoping for in the Pac-12 prime picks. But lean win for Arizona. Uh, two other programs who get the lean win label from this week. Oregon and UCLA. Wait, wait, Spencer, they didn't play. Yeah, but everybody else did. And all they had to do was sit there. And they look up and go, oh, what do you know? Top 10 teams. Now you have a top 10 showdown. Great look for the Pac-12, by the way. Top 10 showdown. Going to Autzen Stadium on Saturday, 
Yeah, that's the sort of marketing material that both departments are happy to have. Top 10 matchup, college game day present. Yeah, that's that gets you in the lean win. No opinion this week. Washington. I thought about this being a lean win, but I, I don't have a different opinion of them. I know their offense is explosive. I know they can score a lot of points. And they haven't been able to stop anybody as of late. I still think they're a good team. I still think they could win eight, maybe nine games this year. I could also see them winning seven, depending on you know how a couple bounces of the ball go, right? We call those bounce of ball games. Happens. You got to have those go your way from time to time. But I think Washington's in kind of a similar spot. Defense didn't travel on the road. Defense, not fully healthy in the secondary, but that's what they're dealing with right now. Wasn't able to put up a strong showing at home, and the offense carries them to a win. Again, they're a Michael Penix helmet bounce pick six away from most likely being six and one and still in the top 25. Would you feel different about that if you're a Washington, Washington fan right now? Yeah, I think you probably would. Also, no opinion on Arizona State. They had a buy, so they don't get in there. Uh, real quick, lean lose. USC. Talked about them a lot early in the show. The goals are still there, right? Losing a game, yeah, disappointing. So you get a, you go in the lean lose category. But this is not full-on loser, sky is falling, bad things, horrible, I want to forget this. So that, like USC played a good football game and – just like I was talking about, one of those Bob games, bounce a ball, Utah converted a two-point conversion. That's it. You make a stop there, and USC's still undefeated. And people are talking about them as a national title contender, and Utah's out of the Pac-12 championship race. Instead, it's Utah that is feeling really, really good right now, but USC doing just fine. Washington State, lean loose. Not full-on loser because their season, I thought they'd be 7-5 and five coming into the year. They are on track to do just that. Yeah, the offense can't move the ball very well. They can't run it. They don't move it well. Cam Ward has flashes of brilliance, but it's inconsistent. They they just don't have they don't have it clicking. It's not firing on all cylinders right now for the new offensive coordinator, Eric Morris. And remember, they moved on from Jaden Delord because they thought Cam Ward had a higher ceiling because they thought he would be better. I see Delora going around putting up a lot more points than Cam Ward on a weekly basis, and that's not a good feeling if you're Washington State. Finally, the only loser of the week, the only outright loser where it's, you know, that was bad and this is not a good week and it's bad vibe. Yeah, the Cal Bears. You lost to Colorado. Two touchdown road favorites. And uh, wait for it. Wait. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Cal's defense played well enough to keep them in the game, and then the offense couldn't score. What? Have we seen that before? Oh, yeah, no, same. Same old, same old Cal Bears, and you're the first team to lose Colorado this year. Yeah, that's not a great feeling there. Sitting at 3-3, three and three, they could still be bowl eligible by the end of the year, but if they finish 4-8, and 5-7, and seven, yeah, don't be surprised at that either. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time back in my home studio and have a wonderful rest of your day.